Welcome back into another episode of Red Zone Talk. I am Owen Burke, here for episode three with my main man, Tim. How you doing today? Good, man. I'm good. I'm glad to be back talking some football. So it's uh, never a bad thing when we get to do that, for sure. Not at all. We've got a lot to talk about. Obviously, the the pinnacle of our preseason stuff with our playoff predictions and award predictions today. And we got some headlines to talk about. But before we get into that, make sure you guys follow us on Instagram, right? Red Zone Talk on Instagram, one word, lowercase. You can still get to me on Twitter, Owen underscore Burke. If you guys want to do fan questions, anything like that, let us know. We'll get you on the show, all those great and lovely things. So, without further ado, ready to get into some trivia? The real... The real question is, are you ready for trivia today? The way that you're talking about it makes me think that I'm not. So I don't know. It could be easier than I'm thinking it is, but it also might be tough here. So I'm going to start you off here. Um, You get to pick your question for the first question, okay? Oh. Yeah. Would you rather name the last player to go back-to-back in Offensive Player of the Year? Or would you rather name the only player in NFL history to win an MVP as a rookie? Oh, and I'll give you, I'll give you three guesses on either question, but I'll let you pick your question. You said the only player to ever win it in his rookie season. Yeah. in his rookie year, man, I'm going to go with that one. Cause you want to go rookie rookie year. Okay. Yeah. And I might, it might hurt my feelings, but all right. Whenever, whenever you're ready, friend. I mean, you got two hints. If you want to use one on this one, you, you absolutely can. Um, but I, I'd recommend I've, saving them if I'm being I've, honest with you. Do I have uh, three guesses here? You have three guesses, yes, sir. Okay. Um, I guess three strikes, however you want to call it. Yeah. My, uh, my th- yeah, my first, most likely my first strike, but hopefully just the right answer. First, this first guy that popped in my head, Eric Dickerson. Incorrect. I don't hate okay. that guess, but incorrect. Just a, just the gut feeling, you know that you know. I have three strikes. I'll ride up the gut and lose one. That's okay. Um, only rookie. I'll give you. Player. I'll give you a free hint. It's older than Eric Dickerson. Older than Eric Dickerson. That is a good. That's a good free hint right there. Older than Dickerson, which he was. God, what fucking? I don't even know what era Eric Dickerson was. Eighties, nineties, right? Uh, I think 70, I think mainly 70s, 80s. 80s. Yeah, I was like, 80s sounds right. I don't know if he was like late 70s, then into 80s, or if he was 80s into like early 90s, but yeah. I feel like probably 70s and 80s. So before Dickerson. Uh, Dickerson got drafted in 83 and played all the way to 93. 83. So, yeah, I was a little late on, or a little a little early on him. So but older than Dickerson for sure. Older than Dickerson. I feel like I don't want to go all the way back here. No, he wouldn't have won it. I don't think he was that great, was he? Was he that great? I wonder if this person was in one of our questions earlier. Because I remember last week we talked about, maybe it was two weeks ago, we talked about the quarterbacks with the most wins in their rookie season. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to sit here and think if one of those QBs would be this guy. There's another name that's in my head, but it feels like when you're like, he's older than Dickerson, I feel like I'm going too far back. But I'm going to do it. 
Terry Bradshaw. Terry Bradshaw is a good guess. Uh, incorrect. Incorrect. Okay. All right. All right, all right. You are okay. still not far enough back. Still not far enough back. Damn, there must not be that much of a gap between Terry Bradshaw and Eric Dickerson, I thought. Bradshaw was the uh, 60s? Brad, Bradshaw was the 70s, I'm pretty sure. So I'm fucked is what you're saying. Yeah, I'm pretty pretty sure of this. Yeah, I don't know if you I don't know if you're in much trouble. Yeah, he played from the Steelers from 1970 to 83. Before so, Bradshaw? Before Bradshaw. Fucking hell, man. There's only a couple guys that I'd be able to name at that point. Um, I promise you when you say this name, you're going to be so upset. First, first. I feel like this is a stat I should, you know what I'm saying? Like as a yeah. football fan and a numbers guy, if there's over, especially if there's only ever one, like, oh, this one is the only guy to ever do it. How do you not know who it is? Oh, fuck. Oh, there's another name that came to my head. I don't know if I just want to run with it. I think I do. Fire. Bart Starr. Bart Starr. Not a bad guess, but incorrect. I don't think he did, but uh, incorrect. I mean, some Cowboy fans are screaming at us. You ready for the name? Bring it. Jim Brown. Ah. I do feel like I actually knew that. I feel like I may have heard that style once upon a time. Yeah. 1957 for Cleveland there. Um I did know that. I definitely have heard that step before. Now that still, I'm sitting here, still insane that he was able to do that. But just an absolute legend. It was not um, like a 12 game season, and he still ran. He had. I remember there was some crazy numbers. I remember. I think it's football life was on at work one time, and just hearing about it, and I'm like, Jesus. They're like, he amassed 750 yards in eight games, won MVP his rookie year, and I'm like, who is this guy? It's he played. Just- 12 games and he had 1,133 yards. Yeah. He had Basically. 94 yards a game and he had 10 touchdowns in 12. Like, think about how good, that's a good season in today's NFL. And we yeah. play 17 games. Um, yep. That's how much yeah. the game has changed, too. Pretty, pretty insane. Um, yeah. He had nine rushing touchdowns, one receiving touchdown, no kick return, but he did, he did kick and punt return, too. Um, huh. All right. The reason I gave you the choice, I will give you one to get the question correct. I'll give you one crack at the last player to go back to back for offensive player of the year. Is it one crack? And and I'll give you a mini hint. He went back to back to back. Three years running. Yes, sir. God, there's only one guy. Like I had a name, but I was like, that feels too easy. Does this name also feel too easy? Yes, but it also lines up. Throw it out. Calvin Johnson. Calvin Johnson is not correct. Uh, wow. Calvin Johnson never won Offensive Player of the Year. That's um, asinine. <laughs> and, and a little crazy. Um, last player to do it was Marshall Falk. He did it in 99, 2000, and 2001. Yeah. Wow. That's, that was pretty crazy to me. Did the Rams all three of those years? Yeah, yeah, he was, he was playing for the Rams. It was the greatest show on turf right there. Yeah. But, yeah, Calvin Johnson never uh, never won it. Chris Johnson did, but Calvin Johnson did not. That's crazy that Calvin Johnson won an offense play there. All right. Let me figure out where I'm at here. Okay. First thing I want to talk about, first the, the question I'm going to ask you here, and it's going to need some explaining here. Can you name me five out of the top 10 players with the most MVP win shares um, or MVP shares? Excuse me. Do you know what an, uh, an award share is? Mm-mm. 
Okay. An award share is a statistic. I'm, I'm going to read this straight off of Wikipedia because it was a little confusing to me at first, but it made more sense. As a statistic used in a lot of sports, usually it's used as part of a formula to determine if a player will likely be elected to the Hall of Fame in this particular sport. It's calculated by the number of points a player received for a particular award, a particular reward over total points of the first overall vote. Uh, votes. For example, in 2000 and the NBA MVP race, Shaquille O'Neal received every first plate, every received every first plate vote, but one. So he had 120 votes at 10 points, um, one second place votes for seven points. Therefore, MVP share for that season would have been 0.999. Um, so basically, almost as perfect as you can do. The accumulative award share, uh, award share for a career calculated by adding up all of the award shares by that particular player got throughout his career. So, um, if that if that makes any sense, right? So, so five of the if, top ten all time. Yep, five of the top ten all time. So, well, I'm gonna I take a wild stab and say that Thomas Edward Brady is here. Thomas Edward Brady is here. Yes, he is number two. That's ridiculous. <laughs> it's kind of ridiculous, but it's not when you hear who won it. Uh, Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning is also here. He's number one. Okay. Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is three. Okay. I was like, those three, I mean, there's just too many MVP votes between between them all. Um, all right. So that's, that's an easy three. All right. Guys that don't. I mean, these guys have... I mean, I would assume like it kind of works as like if I have a really good first ten years and then a really bad five years, like my number's going to go down, right? Like, yeah, to a degree. Like, like sometimes, yes. The longer um, I play at a non-high level, like it kind of tanks that rating a bit. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So I need dominance over short. I do have a hint. I'll burn a hint here since I got it. Okay. Well, you got. Two, I mean, they count Tom Brady as an active player. Obviously, he's not actually active. I think you have to be retired for a season before it takes you off. Um, you do have one more active player on this list. This is the other hint I'm going to give you. Okay. And then out of the remaining players on this list, they are all quarterbacks except one player. Okay, that's how. That's what I needed right there. I was like, and I'm thinking this list is going to be pure quarterbacks, but I just wanted to check. Yeah, and there's yeah, it's just pure quarterbacks. So there's there's one non quarterback on here, but the rest are all pure quarterbacks. So you have three three correct. I need two more, and you have no strikes at the moment. Okay, um, I'm gonna ask this. You feel like you know if it falls on the hit, you can answer it. Is the non quarterback the active player or no? Uh, I, no, I'll give you that. No, it is not. I didn't think it was. I was like, there's nobody that would really be. Yeah, there's like no that. way it would have been. So, but. No. Uh... Patrick Mahomes, our active player. Patrick Mahomes is our other active player, so we are clean out of active players. So you got four. You need one more name here. That makes sense. Okay. All right. One name, three strikes. Got to be able to do this. Yeah, I hope Um, so. I'm going to take a wild – I'm going to take one stab at the non-quarterback and see if I could just snipe him. Would it happen to be Jim Brown by chance? It it is Jim Brown, yeah. Let's go. For five there. Um Honestly, I, I kind of I, I wanted one softball question. I feel like we've been too hard. I, this yeah, is just an interesting stat to me. Um, we can go at each other. <laughs> yeah, it's been pretty brutal. But like, I, you, you kind of nailed this one. Um, I think four more names on this are pretty. Eh, one of them's going to be a little tough. Quarterback tougher than nope. the rest. I wonder but, if I could just rapid fire some. QBs. Yeah, try try some QBs. See if you can get it. Big Ben. 
Big Ben is not here. Big not Ben's here. not a bad guess, though, but no, he's not here. Okay. Uh, who won a lot of MVPs? Are there a lot of old guys? Or, like, are they spread uh, out? A lot of current? Um, you have a guy who mainly played in the 60s and then kind of spread his career throughout there. You have a guy, like, 90s to 2000s, uh, another guy 80 to 90, and then like another guy 70 to 90s. Dan Marino? Dan Marino is a great guess. Not correct, though. Um, Dan Marino is 23. Drew Brees isn't here. Drew, right? Not Drew Brees, no. Nope. didn't think so. I was like, you never won an MVP in the first place. No. Name, give me the five. What do we got? Um, so I'm just going to run back through the order. One was Peyton. Two was Tom. Three was Aaron. Four was Johnny Unitas. I thought that was kind wow. of an interesting one. Wow. Um, Brett Favre at five, Jim Brown at six, Patrick Mahomes is already seventh in his career, which is nuts. Um, and then it goes Steve Young at eight, Joe Montana at nine. Wow. And then why a tittle? Um, oh, well, why a tittle action? Yeah. Like, you, you know how there's always, they, they say there's always like one outlier inside of a stat. Like he yeah. is kind of the guy. Um, like to finish out the top 15, um, it's Kurt Warner, Earl Campbell, OJ Simpson, Lamar Jackson and then Marshall Falk. So hey. I heard my yeah. guy's name right in there. It is uh it's pretty crazy. The entire top twenty is in the Hall of Fame except the active players, and then twentieth is Earl Morale, and he is not in the Hall of Fame. But huh. this list is is just loaded with Hall of Famers on it. It's pretty crazy. Um, Cam Newton's at se- oh Cam Newton's the other one that's not a Hall of Famer. Sorry, Cam Newton's seventeenth on this list. So there you go. There you go. And, we'll take that. And rather, I thought that list was just a rather interesting way of kind of looking at that. So that was like if you asked me to name six there, I don't know if I would have been able to done it. Like honestly, yeah. Like, it, I thought I was like I was like you know I want him to have like at least one softball player. Yeah, that was the threshold. And honestly, if I didn't just take. If you didn't ask me the Jim Brown question beforehand, if I would have went for the back to back, I may not have gotten that. Honestly, yeah, that's a, I yeah. got lucky that I picked the harder question early on. It kind of helped there. So uh, this this next question is an interesting one. So I want you to name me five Baltimore Ravens who have won individual awards. Okay, um, okay. and once you use a player, you lose a player. Okay, yeah. so you can't name somebody twice you know what i mean if they've won twice individual um, awards yeah i'm gonna run through the list mvp offensive player of the year defensive player of the year a defensive rookie of the year uh super bowl mvp counts associated nfl uh nfl coach of the year um assistant coach of the year walter payton man of the year alan page community award and bark star award so those okay. are the ones that you guys have winners from i'm naming five here and you just got to name me five of those people. Okay. I think I have a pretty quick rapid fire three to give you. Okay. Lamar Jackson as an MVP, Ray yep. Lewis and Joe Flacco as Super Bowl MVPs. Yep. Yep. And then, and, uh, so that'll eliminate Ray Lewis on his two defensive player of the year awards. So you can't repeat Ray. Um, Greg Roman for assistant coach of the year. Ooh, I didn't think you would pull that one. Nice. I, I know, I know that just because we use, I like, it was a very, a uh, common joke on Ravens Twitter. Anytime like a coaching spot came open, we would always post that picture of assistant coach of the year, Greg Roman. We're like, hey man, Arizona, I got a guy for you right here. So instead of trying to get our OC fired, we just kept trying to push him into a, a head coaching job. Um, 
<laughs> that's the only reason I know that one. Interesting. Um, all right, that's four. I think, uh, man, who's our Walter Payton Man of the Year award? And that was recent. I want to say Calais Campbell won that for us. Is that your guess? I'm gonna go. Yeah, I'm gonna. Guess so that's that. that's strike one. Okay. Okay. Who was it, man? I know it too. Um. Do you have a hint if you want to use it? Yeah, I'll use one. I got you know two strikes. So the first first one I'm gonna throw out there. Walter Payton Man of the Year was 12 years ago. So not as okay. recent as you thought. Not as recent as I thought. Okay. The more recent one out of like the community awards is the Bart Star Award. That one was in 2018. Um. And then trying to think of a, a good hint here. Your offensive player of the year is probably, I, I would argue he's a all time. He's an all time Raven without question, I think. Um, and then you have two kind of obvious yeah, names for defensive, defensive player of the year. Away. Is uh, the defensive rookie of the year still there? Or was that Ray? That is still there. Yep. That is still there. Terrell Suggs. Two, Terrell Suggs. Yep. There you go. There's five. He was your 2003. Um, the I'm a little I, I thought I thought this might be a little tough, but then he had the Greg Roman one sitting there. I was like, damn, he's gonna if nail it, that. I was like, if it wasn't for that meme, there's no way I would have been that I would have known that. You definitely had some some easier ones still out there. Um defensive player though year, uh, Ed Reed won it in two thousand four. Um, so that was sitting out there. Trell Suggs won it in two thousand eleven. You had a Trell Sugg one though. Um Associated Press offensive player of the year was Jamal Lewis. Um, yep. So you had that one sitting when out you there. You said he's an all-time Raven. That's where my head went. But I was like, I know that Terrell Suggs won defensive rookie of the year. Yeah. Um, and then defensive rookie of the year, Terrell Suggs won it. And then Peter Bolwer won Bulwer. it in nineteen in nineteen ninety seven. Um, did you say Joe Flacco? I don't remember. Yeah, for uh, Super Bowl MVP. Oh, you did. Okay, I thought so. Um, and then you had Coach of the Year. You had Harbaugh in nineteen, same year that Roman won that. Um, oh. He was the coach of the year as well. And then you had um, the Walter Payton man of the year was Matt Burke in 2011. He was your center. I don't think I ever really got that one. Allen Page Community Award was Michael McCary, defensive end in 2001. And then this one blew my mind. I didn't even know this guy played for Baltimore. Uh, the Bart Star Award was won by Benjamin Watson in 2018. So, yeah, I remember he had a one year stint with us, I think. Yeah, I didn't even know he played in in uh New in uh Baltimore, but he actually played for you guys from 16 to 17. So he had two years with two you guys. Yeah. And then he came he came he went to New Orleans and then he came back to New England for that last for his last year. So, I was like, man, weird. Like uh just just interesting overall. Well, that was a good day on trivia for you. Holy cow. 3-0 and there. Um, no, I, I missed the first one. Oh, right? you missed the first one. That's right. You're, one. right. you're right. You're right. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Or 2-1. and one. I know math. Yeah. So you're you're 3 and uh, – that makes you 3-3, three and three, actually. Puts you puts you to square. Went from 1-2 to 2-1. Yeah, that's not a, not a bad day for you there. Um, before <clears> – <throat> oh, excuse me. Before we jump into headlines here, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. All right. 
You ready to jump into some headlines here? We're making good pace. For once, trivia did not take 30 minutes, so we are we're moving and grooving today. Yeah, I, that was my uh, goal. When you were like, can you name the other five quarterbacks? And I was like naming two, and I was like, wait, this is why it always takes forever. Move on. Yeah, we're doing it. We're doing it. It's just so fun. You get in the game, you're like, oh, It man. is. Yeah, it is. You, you can almost clear it here. But um, let's talk about the Trey Lance being traded to the Cowboys, traded for a third-round pick here. What are your initial thoughts and feelings around the whole situation? Uh, confusion would be the main part. Um, just feels like a very weird move in general. I just don't know where it benefits Dallas in the long run. Like, Dak's under contract for a long time. Incorrect. How was it? Two years? One, two? Yeah, it's he's on this year, and then I think next year, and I think that's it. So, I mean, okay, yeah, not a long time. But, um, I mean, I guess it really all depends on what your opinions of Trey Lance are, truthfully. Um, I don't know how to feel about Trey Lance at this point. Uh, I have no um, optimism, really, of being like, ah, oh, this guy's definitely still got it. But I also don't have any be like, he's a bust. You know, I'm not going to sit here and say that either. Um, I don't think, you know, I don't want to go after Dak Prescott. But he's not the most uh, confident quarterback in the league, I don't think. I think he can have a bit of a fragile ego at times. And I can't blame him the way that everyone, including his own fan base, goes after him all the time. Um, so I don't feel like trading for a young guy is really – you can't go to Dak and be like, hey, man, we got to go out there. We're going to win a Super Bowl this year. It's time to end the stream. We're going to do all this stuff. By the way, we just traded a fourth-round pick for the guy that's going to replace you next year. Like, I just – it's yeah. it's never it doesn't add up well to me. Let me let, let me give my kind of my two cents here on it. I think yeah. a, a couple of things. I mean, I don't know if you saw Nick Wright's take on uh, the Cowboys side of it. I don't think I did. Yeah, he he kind of came out and defended, and I was very much on the same side. I was like, man, this deal makes no sense for the Cowboys. This guy needs to play. Like, why would they go out and make this deal, right? Mm-hmm. And. He talked about it and think about the value of, of this trade, right? You got a guy who was everyone graded as a first round quarterback. Maybe yeah. they didn't grade him as a top five, but definitely a first round quarterback, right? Yeah. Um, and if you think about it, I mean, to give up, did they give up a third or a fourth? I swear it was, a, it, was it was a fourth to what I know. It was a fourth. Okay. Pretty I'm sure sorry. it was a fourth. I didn't have that in front of me. I, I thought it was a third for some reason. Um, yeah, yeah, a fourth. So you give up a fourth round pick and you get a quarterback, right? Now, let's let's pretend for a second, right? Let's let's play devil's advocate, right? So you, so you get a first round talent, you give up a fourth for him. So you're already getting great value there. Yeah. Now let's say Dak Prescott doesn't play great this year, okay? They have an out after this year. They could they could cut him. It would be sixty one million dollars of dead cap, okay? Is is basically what that number is going to look like. Okay. How would you recover from that? You'd have to have a quarterback who was young and cheap. Right. And yeah. that's what they have in Trey Lance. Um, Dak's cap number next year is $59.4 million. Think about that for a second. 50. Huge. That's huge. That's a, an insane amount. It'll probably get reworked and restructured down. Um, the only problem is, is his cap hit number in 2025 which he's not even under contract for is 25.4. And then his cap number in two in 2026 is 11 million. So 
he's got a ton of money owed to him still, right? Like they're going to have to kind of figure out a way to make this work. They, I did not realize how much they backloaded this deal. Um, it's, it's insanity, uh, how, how backloaded this deal is. So he, I mean, he's only playing on 26.8 right now. So for the Dallas Cowboys, they've drafted really well. They, they've seeked value. So if Dak gets hurt and you have to play Trey Lance, right? What's, what's the harm in it? You know, you might increase Trey Lance's, uh, you know, trade value down the road and it gives you a solid backup, right? Cooper rush was good, but I I don't think he has the upside that Trey Lance has. He definitely has a better, you know, a better basement. You know what I mean? So if you're in a spot where, Hey, we're trying to win a playoff game. Yeah. You can play Cooper rush, you know, Cooper rush might be able to get you a playoff win, but if it's, you know, middle of the season, you're already two and two, something like that. Why not throw Trey Lance out there? There's no, there's no harm in adding a guy like Trey Lance in this kind of deal. Yeah. And I, I see where you're coming from there. And as far as a fourth rounder, like, eh, like, honestly, as long as it's not like, you know, a fourth rounder for a guy I've never heard of, I'm really never going to turn my nose up and anything fourth rounder below for anybody who's taken anywhere near the top three, like third rounder is where the line gets drawn. Like a day two guy has a completely different story. I think I changed my mind about how much I don't like this. If you're planning for a Dak injury, cool. Maybe I just don't think Dak Prescott's playing as bad as everyone thinks he is. I also, I think my hate for Mike, well, not hate, dislike and general um, disdain for Mike McCarthy. I just don't think he's a good, like, I don't think it's fair to sit here and be like, hey, Dak, uh, you're playing rough. You've been hurt. Um, Your head coach is horrible. We're actively trying to get rid of him, but we don't have the nuts to get rid of him. But somehow it's your f- – I don't know. Like it's just hard for me because I feel like McCarthy's the issue. And I'm not saying Dak's full – like Dak's a saint. He's never done anything wrong. I've never seen a bad play from this man in my life. Obviously not. But I feel like McCarthy's the issue, and I feel like this year was supposed to be like, all right, if it goes bad, it's all on McCarthy, and we, we, you know, like we have full right to get rid of him, no guilty conscience or anything behind it at that point. So let's talk about the Cowboys for a second, right? Because I, I kind of agree with you, right? I don't think they've been. It's just it's weird to me. Anywhere near as bad as people have in their mind, you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Um, gosh, where where's their seasons? I can't find their 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 last season. Um. Right, but I think the the problem with the Dallas Cowboys is more of the expectations that's on them, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, they we expect them to be a Super Bowl team, right, every year, but they're never to that quite level. So it just depends on when you look at it. Here we go. So over the last, sorry, I'm getting this pulled up here. Okay, last year they go twelve and five. The year before that, twelve and five. Twenty twenty, they go six and ten. Twenty nineteen, eight and eight. And then 2018, 10 and six, right? A lot of teams would really, really take that. Uh, you know, out of the last five years, three out of the five years making the playoffs is is a really good run. Um, now the problem is, is they have only they've only won one playoff game in those last five years, right? Yeah. So that's really where it comes into question of, you know, how good are they actually, you know what I mean? Are the, is this kind of one of those middling teams where, you know, it's middle of the road with Dak and Mike, like, is it going to be good enough to ever get them over the hump? That's really the question. I think the Cowboys are asking themselves right now. Isn't, Hey, we, you know, I don't think Kirk cousins plays bad. 
I don't think a lot of quarterbacks don't play bad. The question is, can you win a Super Bowl with them? Right. Um, and I think in order to, it, it's kind of like we talked about, um, we talked about a lot about it last, last year with like Jimmy Garoppolo, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. In order for him to be a Super Bowl team, you have to give him a top five defense, a great wide receiver core, um, and you know, a top five coach in the NFL and then he'll win a Super Bowl, right? Yeah. This is what it's starting to feel like with Dak Prescott, right? Like Dak Prescott has played well, but what is it going to take to win a Super Bowl? You've had one of the best offensive lines. You've had a great wide receiver core, you know what I mean? For the most part, there's been ups and downs in it, right? Like it hasn't been perfect, but overall, I'd say he's had a really good wide receiver core and that defense Though it hasn't always been the best, it hasn't ever really been terrible, right? It's been better. It's been better than it has been in the last two years. That's for damn sure. In the last two years, right? So, so we get to this. Yeah, we get to this point of the conversation of what does it take? What is it going to take for Dak Prescott to be a quarterback, like a quarterback that can win a Super Bowl? And we're kind of pushing that line of when Dak was his best, Zeke Elliott was a top ten rusher in the NFL. You know what I mean? He wasn't the focal point of that offense. So if you're the Cowboys, you're buying yourself insurance of, hey, I can't, we can't spend sixty million on a guy like that. You know what I mean? We can't have a guy just destroy our salary cap who requires so much for us to win a Super Bowl. So, I I kind of like the insurance that they bought themselves. Where where I'm at is, and I think I really, really, really just don't like Mike McCarthy. As I think where I, the more I'm listening to you talking, I'm like, I genuinely. Like, and again, I don't want to sit here and like try to talk Dak up or act like he's free of blame by any stretch. But, and if, I mean, we all know like the National Football League coaching is extremely important, more important than it is in most major league sports, if not the most important head coaching spot. Like, it is a, it is a helm of power. And if you have an idiot at the helm, you're not going to go anywhere. It doesn't matter how good he is at football, doesn't matter how good of it. Like, if you're, if you get down to a playoff game and you cannot, trust your head coach to not only like put up a fight or like have a good game plan, but just to not get out coached for one game, Mike McCarthy, we've played 17 through 18 weeks and we're here. Can you please to God, not get out coached in this first playoff game or pray to God, not in the next one, if we make it there. And genuinely, I don't think it matters what this team has unless they had Patrick Mahomes. I don't think they make it with Mike McCarthy at the helm. I think and, and again, it's it, this sounds like I'm just like laying all the blame away from Dak, and it's not his. I think Dak is a, a good quarterback. I think he's a top ten guy. Like I, I think player to player, like I would take him over a guy like Kirk Cousins. But the issue is, is again, like Jason Garrett, Mike McCarthy, Jerry Jones. Hey man, Jason, it's a little stale. We just need some juice. Okay, who's available? How about we get the 300-pound guy that got fired a year ago because his offense had no juice and it was boring with Aaron Rodgers at the helm. I just – I Jerry Jones, I think, shot himself. I do think this higher – I don't, I don't want to sit here and be like, Dallas should have two Super Bowls in the bag right now if they would have just made the right coaching higher. I definitely think it would be a lot closer because I, I shit you not, and I don't think I can ever state it enough that they fired Jason Garrett and then just hired a guy with the same playbook that looks like he ate Jason Garrett. Like, there is zero difference between those two coaches. There's a reason Garrett got fired. There's a reason McCarthy got fired. I don't know what in Jerry Jones' head, especially if he's such a big Dak criticizer, if Dak is the issue and we need to put all these things around him for us to win, 
Why am I going to go get a guy that failed with Aaron Rodgers? This guy coached Aaron Rodgers for, what, 10, 11, 12 years, maybe eight years, somewhere in there. Definitely past five, closer to 10. Got one Super Bowl win out of him. And that's a failure on Green Bay in general when you look back at the Favre era. But I I don't know. I I just – I cannot stand the fact that Mike McCarthy is is a coach in the NFL. And I truly do think – again, Dak's not perfect, right? The INT numbers are there. He falls in big moments. A lot of garbage time stats, whatever you want to say. I just genuinely – think that Mike McCarthy is awful. I I just don't, I can't sit here and say like he's awful, right? Like I just I I, I can't well, not because, awful. I yeah. Oh, right. sorry, before you dive in, just to refrain like not awful, but when you're when your goal is Super Bowl, he's bad is what I think. Like if your goal is like hey man, like Cleveland 2 years ago, hey man, we really just need to win some games, make the playoffs. Like, we just, we need some wins. I don't care about Super Bowls, division titles. I need wins and to make the playoffs a couple times. Mike McCarthy's the guy, man. He's going to get you to the playoffs every single time, but don't expect much after that. That's where I'm at with McCarthy. And it's the worst thing for Dallas to have. Yeah, so I kind of disagree with you, right? Because they came from Jason Garrett, who missed a ton of playoffs and really wasn't able to capitalize on this team. Say what you will about Jason Garrett, or not Jason Garrett, Mike McCarthy. He's not a great coach, but he's a he's a good enough coach, is what I'm going to say, right? Okay. He's 155 and 97 in the regular season, so he's got a 600% winning, you know, or six. He's in the 600s for winning percentage. You know, I I'm not saying he was amazing in Green Bay, but he knows what it takes to win a Super Bowl at the end of the day, right? And I think that's like a level separator, right? I think if you're able to say, okay, hey, this guy knows what it's going to take to win a Super Bowl in Green Bay, I, I I don't know why that's not good enough, right? Like we hold like coaching matters, and I'm not saying like he's not outdated, but he's doing a good job. He's getting them to the playoffs. He's keeping them competitive, right? Like it's yeah. not like he's he's not atrociously bad, right? Like yeah. we we he's talked not, about. Yeah, he's not Nathaniel Hackett, but. Like the the biggest thing I'm going to compare Mike McCarthy to here, I mean, and it's probably not necessarily fair always in this case, but like Andy Reid before Patrick Mahomes was the guy, the exact same conversation. He yeah. can't get him over to the hump. He doesn't take it, you know, enough advantage of his opportunities. Like same conversation. The only difference is Mike McCarthy had Aaron Rodgers for a long time, yeah. but that point kind of stands of like you know. A coach can only go so far, right? We've seen that with the McVeighs, with the Shanahans. You know, it it ultimately does still come down to the quarterback room. You know what I mean? Is is he going to be able to put it up? And the other thing, I didn't realize this. He's he's from uh, Fort Hayes. Uh, he he coached at Fort Hayes as a graduate assistant. So there you go. Michael he's Carson also did? yeah yeah he's a Kansas guy. Didn't know wow. that. I did not know that at all. So weird. In case you guys don't know, like the junior college scene in the state of Kansas is is bonkers. Um, loaded, loaded. Yeah. Uh, if you if you haven't watched uh, what is it, Lance, Last Chance You? Yep. Um, there's a couple. I think there's a couple times that they cover junior colleges in in the state of Kansas. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah. Point being, I don't think McCarthy is as bad as everyone's making him out to be. Again, would I be upset if the Cowboys fired him at the end of this year if they don't make it to the Super Bowl? I wouldn't have a problem with it. I really Again. wouldn't. But I just don't think we can sit here and say all the blames on Dak or all the blames on Mike McCarthy. Yeah. It might be a mixture of both. But again, if you're the Cowboys, you have to evaluate that. You have to have an understanding of uh, is this team as it's currently constructed going to be good enough to win a Super Bowl? Yeah. Um, 
Now let's talk about it from the San Francisco side. Um, I, I feel like, and again, there's no exact reporting from the San Francisco side of like, you know, who had say in that pick, everybody's kind of playing the good soldier game and taking blame. I don't, uh, I don't know if I ever loved the pick. I love the upside. I love the thought that Kyle Shanahan was going to get a chance to develop him. But if we sat here and we, and we looked at Kyle Shanahan's resume and said, who is he the most successful with Jimmy Garoppolo, Matt Ryan, um, Kirk Cousins, right? Yeah. I would argue those are his three most successful seasons he's had with quarterbacks. Trey Lance does not fit into the mold of Different throws style. on time, throws on with accuracy, right? Now, he did have a couple of good years with RG3, right? So Kyle Shanahan isn't like completely adverse to mobile quarterbacks, but his system as a head coach has been very much can you throw on time? Yeah, can it's you run throw, the ball throw and throw to a spot. Yes, exactly. Timing. And run the ball and then timing. So to me, it always felt like this was maybe a little bit more of John Lynch and maybe the owners of the 49ers coming and saying like, Hey, we like the upside of this kid. We can't take Mac Jones at three. The media is killing us for this, you know, on and on and on, um, is how I'm kind of perceiving it. Right. When you decide to keep Sam Darnold and Brandon Allen over a guy who went third overall, I like Sam Darnold a lot. Uh, and Brandon Allen has played really well this, this, uh, preseason, um, you know, I think it says a lot. I think it says a lot about where this team is at. So, yeah. So I think as far as the current, where the trade stands, right? Like you're trading the third overall pick for a fourth rounder, keeping Sam Donald over Trey Lance. I like the move. I think it instills, I think it instills confidence in Brock Purdy. Like, Hey, this guy's not going to be breathing down your neck. This is your job. And also I think again, when you're looking for a guy, hey, Purdy's out for four games. Who do I want to try to win three of these four and keep us right where we're at in this division race? I would trust Darnold in a four-game stretch over Lance because I've seen I've seen Darnold in that four-game stretch. And I think in Shane Ann's offense, I think that's a guy that fits, right, when you're sitting at rhythm timing. All the things that he was coming out of the draft, it makes sense to me. So I'm all for yeah. it. As far as the pick itself goes. Um, and you know, the overall Trey Lance in San Francisco saga. Um, I feel like my chair is squeaking a lot. Um, it, it's a ton. It's, yeah. it's just, it's crazy. It sounds like you got a bird trapped in the room. Yeah, with you. definitely. Uh, I apologize for that, but, um, I never, the trade up to three was crazy to me in the first place. I was like, all right, you've got to be caught. You're getting three first rounders. You're going all the way up. Zach Wilson goes with two, and I'm like, slam dunk. I was like, Justin Fields, this offense is going to be terrifying. And then go Trey Lance. And again, regard it, it never even mattered for, for Trey Lance for me. Like that pick, looking at it, Trey Lance at third after giving up three firsts to get there, was never, I was never going to look on it in a bright light until like he would have had to, to turn it up, right? And win the Super Bowl and put up, I wouldn't say like Patrick Mahomes type numbers, but like he's got to be really, really good. Um, because just because of the board, like I don't know where we got wrong and where we got off. And obviously the jury's still out. All these guys are still in the third year of their NFL careers. It has been, it was Trevor Lawrence won Justin Fields two since middle school, all four years of high school. They're like, 
Trevor Lawrence is the greatest quarterback prospect since Andrew Luck, and this kid, Justin Fields, is the second guy. He is also extremely good. We got through college, and we thought that. We got through the playoffs, and we thought that. We got to the combine. Here comes Wilson with the back foot throw. Trey Lance plays six games at North Dakota State, or South Dakota State, everybody losing their mind. I just, I never liked it in the first place, because I feel like, the answer key was there. The answer key had been there since like 2016 when these guys first showed up on Max Preps and all the recruiting websites. And they were like, three firsts, we're going to go take Trey Lance. I think they could have sat at 11 and got Trey Lance. And this, it doesn't look that, like, obviously it still looks bad giving up the yeah. 11 for a fourth rounder. But three first rounders still in your pocket and the experiment fails, doesn't feel as bad versus where you're at now. Thank God they're not horrible. Like, can you imagine if it would have failed and they would have sucked? Like, if the, if this yeah. this move would have went out the door and then, you know, they're sitting around six to four wins the next three years? Like, they're so screwed. No picks, nothing. Thank goodness they have the best coach and all the things we talk about with Garoppolo. Yeah. But I don't know. Um I, I think I want to touch on a point you made earlier. You were like, well, this brings relief to Brock Purdy. I really don't think it does because I think if Brock Purdy gets hurt and I, I don't know, and it might be that I'm a Sam Darnold believer, but we've seen Sam Darnold play really well in New York for small stints. You know, yeah. we saw him what two years ago in Carolina when they started off what six and zero that season. Um, and I, I'm going to forget the guy's name, Joe Brady. Yeah, it was Joe Brady was his OC in Carolina that year. And they were just humming, right? And I think this might be an opportunity. If if Brock Purdy misses four games and Darnold starts four games, I don't know if Brock Purdy's ever getting back on the field. Like Because Sam Darnold is not only capable of doing everything Brock Dur- Purdy does, he's also physically more talented. He has more arm strength. Um, so I don't know if it provides – it provides some relief of like, hey, we don't have this first-round pick, you know what I mean, hovering over you. Yeah. But, I think the talent of Sam Darnold still is a little scary for Brock Purdy. Um, yeah. I think Darnold could step into this offense and be really, really scary. So yeah. I see where you're at there. I, I, I definitely agree with you. I, I think that Lance held a bit more just because not only, Hey, we traded three first rounders to go up and pick this guy at three and you were the last pick. It was the same. Wasn't it the same draft class or was it a year apart for who for Purdy and Lance? It was a year apart. Yeah, it's a year apart. The year, oh, the year okay. after for Purdy. Year after. Okay, it would have been where like, hey, you remember the third pick of the draft, the year you got drafted? Yeah, he's your backup. Like that would have been Purdy. Purdy it's a was year a rookie apart, last which does year, make it a bit different. Was the year but... before, yeah, yeah, because yeah, last yeah, year was going to be his his first year because they kept Garoppolo his rookie year. Yeah, overall for Dallas, good injury insurance. I'm okay with it. Fourth round or whatever. San Fran, I like it. Instill confidence. You have a backup you're confident in. Like, yeah, I'm, I don't think it was bad. It still is a bit confusing to me as yeah. far as Dallas's timeline goes and like how everything's going to shake out. But at the end of the day, worst comes to worst, you're out of a fourth round pick and it is what it is. Like, that's why it's not a horrible move for Dallas because yeah. it's. At the end of the day, if he never touches the field and you re-sign Dak Prescott, it was a fourth rounder. Yeah. Um, let's let's jump into Jonathan Taylor here. We spent a, a hot minute on that topic there. Um, yeah. We got the we Cowboys always, fans, so yeah, yeah, we do. We got Cowboys fan. It was you want to talk about like a national media trade dream? Is the 49ers trading someone to Dallas? Like, yeah, that's us. 
To, to, yeah, like that's such a great like for us. Like we got a bunch of 49ers fans, we got a bunch of Dallas fans. Like for us, this couldn't be any more money of a topic. Like it's just gonna yeah. make our lives so easy. So 100, yeah. Um, let's let's talk about the Jonathan Taylor situation. Obviously, he requests a trade. Uh, he's given permission to go out and seek a trade. He goes out, looks for a trade. He's asking for a very large number from what's being reported. Um, like market resetting number. As he should. As he Maybe should. Not after, uh, I don't even know. not after the year he just had, but if you're talking about the year before, uh, yes. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, he finds a couple trade partners, but then the Colts want way too much back for him. So yeah, man. the real problem lies here in what the Colts are valuing Jonathan Taylor's contract at versus what they're valuing him in a trade. Just don't line up They're They're, they're valuing him Like he's a, he's a, you know, a top 20 player in the NFL and he's, and the, but they won't pay him like that. Like that's yeah. the, the wildest part to me, which is horrible. Like it's, I feel so bad for JT. Like, I, I don't know if there's really a bigger slap in the face that you could have of no, you're not worth $20 million a year, but I want two first rounders for you. Like, and that's not even bringing into the fact that most of the time in these trades where somebody's going to have to trade for a guy and then shell out a massive contract, usually you get less back because that team has to turn around and pay him. Right? I'm not going to give you two firsts and then I have to turn around and pay this guy $20 million. He's worth a first, but you're going to get a second because I have to turn around and give him $20 million. You know, So like the price usually goes down in this case, but I don't – yeah, it's – I think you texted me earlier this week and you said it like the further we've gone into this saga, like you're kind of, what did you say? Losing respect for Chris Ballard. Yeah. I mean the fact that the, I don't, again, and this is all reporting, right? So yeah. we obviously don't know what was said behind closed doors. The fact that the Colts would have the audacity to ask for Jalen Waddle back in a yeah. trade, like Chris Ballard has lost that man's mind. Like, I, I don't know in what world you could sit there and possibly think, in the league that we currently play in Jalen Waddle, who, you know, maybe he's not a top 10 wide receiver, but he's definitely a top 20 wide receiver. I'd say, right. Yeah, I like mean, like, I... like talent and, and also the skill set is just like, you can, like, I don't think it's crazy to put him in that conversation with how talented he is. I don't think we've seen the numbers yet. Just obviously yeah. early in his career, he's playing across from Tyreek, all these things, but Jalen Waddle is damn talented. I would, that's a great question. What receiver would be like? What's the equal for Tyler a receiver Boyd. where you would trade him straight across the board? I, Tyler, Tyler Boyd. Boyd. Tyler Boyd's the only name that comes to my mind. Is right? Devonta like, Smith too good? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. The Eagles I, don't even think about that trade. What? No. I, I agree. No, I agree with you. I was just curious to see where you're at. Like, I think it's it's in that awkward. Like Tyler Boyd is a wide receiver two, who's wide receiver three for the Cincinnati. Yeah. I think it's that mid range wide receiver two kind of category, um, and it would have to be on a team who has the flexibility to pay him to to pay him and then move off of a wide receiver two, right? Like, yeah. like there's just not a situation. Oh, I, I'm going to say this too. There's no team in the NFL right now who feels good enough about their wide receiver room, but like maybe outside of besides Cincinnati, right. To move off of a wide receiver two or three for a running back. There just, there just isn't right. Um, I mean, and if that team exists, they're not in the competitive mode where trading for Jonathan Taylor makes sense. Sense. I mean, maybe Seattle, 
you know, yeah. like would Seattle think about Lockett for Jonathan? Like, you know what I mean? Like, I think it's, yeah. I think that's kind of the range of what Jonathan Taylor's worth in conversion to, to a wide receiver. I mean, and he's only expendable because they have JSN there. Um, yeah. Cause they just drafted a guy in the FDK Metcalf. Yeah. So it, I just don't, I don't think, you know, Michael Pittman. Oh wait, he plays for the Colts. So that wouldn't even make sense. Right. Like, yeah. Like that's probably like the most one-to-one guy for him. And I'm not trying to diminish, uh, you know, the running back value, but it's just the reality of what it is. You know what I mean? Yeah. We, there needs to be some serious thought and work put into how running backs are paid because as of right now, not only is it a thankless role, is it an underpaid undervalued? Like it is utterly disrespected and honestly kind of criminal how some of these running backs contracts can be handled. And I think a guy like, like I'll throw, I saw this example on Twitter and I loved it. Like the way this guy laid this out, like Isaiah Pacheco is like, if the chiefs are assholes, which I don't think they will be inherently, but I think it might happen in general. Isaiah Pacheco could be screwed as far as getting paid goes. Cause he's, I want to say, how old is he? Let's just make sure I have all the numbers here. Uh, he's 24 years old. He's going to be on contract for three, at least the next four years at a seventh round value. And he is now the undoubted number one running back in that room. And one of the more promising young backs in the league at 24 years old as a seventh round pick last year, he's going to play to three to four years, right? He's going to be pushing 27, 28. They could tag him for a year. If they can't come to a deal, he might hit free agency for the first time at 29 years old. Yeah. And, and at that point, who's paying running backs? Nobody. Like if he was if he was a twenty nine year old free agent right now, what team is like? Yeah, I'll give you anything more than you know eight let million dollars a year. Like let's 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 talk about solutions, right? Let's not just be the people who talk about the problem with running yeah. backs getting paid. I'll I'll present you with three ideas, and you tell me if you want to take you know two or one of them or you know what I mean. You can't take all three. That'd just be weird. Okay, Brilliant. here's some solutions I've heard. One. And this is the least likely, in my opinion. You lift the age restriction for running backs. So running backs can come out as a freshman after their freshman year of college and, and get drafted as sophomores. Wow. Um, I think that's the least likely to happen. I don't think I, college football wants that to happen. Yeah, I would but agree with you. Then if you get drafted in the second round, you're a free agent at 23 instead of uh, like 25, 29. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, suggestion two is quarterback contracts don't count against the cap. So you have a separate salary cap just for quarterbacks, and any of that salary cap you don't use for quarterback gets converted back into your regular salary cap, right? But there is a max that a quarterback can hit of the team's salary. Of the Yeah, exactly. So, I think that doesn't yeah. count against that. So it frees up more money to pay wide receivers, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Now, the one thing I'll say with that, the caveat is in my opinion, I think what would happen in that case scenario is more money would go to wide receivers, offensive linemen and defensive linemen. Yeah. Um, and that's and been the issue for the before last it, before I got to running backs. I think that's been the issue is they're like, all right, we're increasing the salary cap. Make sure guys get more money. We're increasing it by 5%. And they're like, okay, I'm going to pay my quarterback 5% more. And then the next off season, like, hey, man, um, I'm low on salary cap. Can you hook me up? And they're like, okay, here's an extra 10%. And they're like, all right, I'm going to pay 
the quarterback, another 5%. Uh, DBs will get another 2%. Pass rush will get 3%. And you're like, what yeah, in the hell right. are we doing? You know what I'm saying? Like, Yeah, uh, I don't I don't think that necessarily solves the problem fully. Then I'll throw out the, uh, an interesting one. Again, not super likely, but I think would be interesting, is you knock a year off of every running back's contract, depending on where they're drafted, right? So let's take the Jameer Gibbs this year or Bijan, right? So instead of them being on a four-year contract with a fifth-year option, they go to a three-year contract with a fourth-year option. And then if they were drafted in, let's say, the second round, it becomes a three-year deal. So basically, you take a year off no matter what. Yeah. I mean, I think I like the second idea the most because, again, I think that's been the main issue. So like, here's more money. Make sure everybody's getting paid. And they're like, all right, well, in reality, three or four guys' contracts are going to go up, like three, four positions. Other than that, it's really going to stay the same. Like, Yeah. So, and, and here's my other thing with this this whole it's a problem, right? Um, of how much we're paying, how underpaid running backs are. We talked about this stat at the Super Bowl time, right? Yep. The, the last expensive running back that was in the Super Bowl was, was uh, Marshawn Lynch. That was a long time ago, right? Teams are not paying running backs like they used to. Um, and and you look at these top teams, uh, the top paid running backs. I mean, I don't know. Like, I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I think a lot of these are Super Bowl contenders, right? Like, you have McCaffrey with the 49ers, the Saints, Titans, Browns, Raiders, Packers, Giants, Cowboys, Jets, Cardinals, Panthers are your top 11. I guess mm-hmm. I named one too many there, right? Uh, paid. How many of those teams are legit Super Bowl contenders? Not many. The, the 49ers, yeah. um, the Cowboys with Tony Pollard. Tony Pollard is inside the top 10. Like, that's insane. And then Dalvin Cook, who just signed a seven year a $7 million a year contract, right? Like outside of that, I'm not sure any of those teams can win a Super Bowl. So I just don't know if paying a running back correlates to increasing your chances of winning a Super Bowl. I I just don't think it's there. And most of the time it's not like, and like you said, the stats there, but, and again, like, I think, you know, like we're football realists. Like I could sit here and tell you that like I don't want Baltimore to sit here and pay J.K. Dobbins $10 million a year. I don't want it. I love J.K. I want him in Baltimore. I want to pay him. But at the end of the day, like if you're like, all right, let him walk and pay him $8 million a year for the next five years, I'm going to let him walk. Like I would much rather just run with with the guys that we have and keep Mitchell the undrafted free agent that we just had than paying him that much money. I'm all for it. It's a horrible business decision. But also, as a human being that has empathy, Jesus Christ, can we figure something out for these guys? Yeah. Here's your, here's here's something for you. Oh, we're going to go back 10 years. 2013, your highest paid running back by cap number, Adrian Peterson, 13.9, just short of $14 million for a cap number in 2013. 2013 for quarterbacks, Eli Manning at 20.85, and he was actually – Three million higher than anybody else. Everybody, there's three guys around the 17 to 18 mark. He's all the way up at almost 21, right? Mm-hmm. So your spread there is about seven million dollars from 14 from AP, and then which again that list does drastically fall. Like it's Chris Johnson at 12, nobody else is above 10. But at the top end, AP at 14, Eli Manning at 21, right? Now if you fast forward 10 years on each list to 2023. You go from 14 million for for Adrian Peterson 
to not even 16 and a half for Derrick Henry. We've seen a less than a two and a half million dollar increase for the top running back in the league. Quarterback is up to almost 40 million for Patrick Mahomes this year, 39-7. And again, you're like, Owen, it's a passing league. It's a quarterback. I understand it, right? I I play the yeah. game, I watch the game. Quarterbacks do more for teams now than they ever have. Running backs do less now than they ever have. But like that is a it's a redis. It's it's ridiculous that there's that much of a gap between the growth. Like we saw quarterback money double in those ten years. Running backs couldn't even get three million dollars of an increase. If you're just looking at the top guys, obviously. Like honestly, if you open the list up, it's worse because you look at the running back list and you get down to like three million in like the top fifteen. Your top fifteen quarterbacks are still all ten million. Again, the money's allocated that way for a reason. But again. I think as a human being, Jesus Christ, can we figure out a resolve for these running backs? Because it sucks. Like, it does. I don't want to be the guy that's handcuffed to to any of these guys. You know, I don't want to be handcuffed to a $10 million for CMC if he's going to be hurt for nine games a year. But I feel bad for CMC not being able to get paid at the same time for the eight games that he is out there, you know. So, I don't know. Maybe we just pay running backs by game. You know, like, hey, here's your contract. It's worth uh, – you know, 40 million over four, um, but it is on a game played status, right? Like you get 10 million a year, you get 10 million for 17 games. You miss two games, you lose a million and a half. I don't know, whatever it is. Like, let's figure something out is the the end point. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I just don't, I think it's, it's a business decision, right? Like we can't sit here and go, oh man, we got to do something to keep Blockbuster alive, right? Like, the game changed and they got left behind. And I think running backs are, you know, I'm comparing running backs to blockbuster. I think, you know, there's going to be guys who you're going to be able to draft in the fourth round and get, you know, 80% of the production out of it. And that's all teams need anymore. Um, They don't need these big rushing attacks. So, yeah, I agree with you. I would, I would have like my scout department of 20 guys and I would have six of them strictly focus on running backs. And I'm probably going to draft one, if not two a year, Probably draft one, sign two undrafted free agents a year, and I would literally just never re-sign any of them. If you're asking me what I would do as the guy yeah. in charge of the money, but again, at the end you of the day, even, I'm a human being. We need to, there's got to be a like. First off, I think that's a bad decision because why would you waste all those scouts' times on scouting running? Like, throw a dart, like draft a running back every year in the fourth round, and you'll find a James Robinson. You'll find, you know, a Jeff Wilson. You'll it's find. Wrong. You know what I mean? You'll find a Ramondre Stevenson. You know, but, you'll eventually hit one of these guys in the second round who end up being a top fifteen back and have him for a couple of years. You'll also, if you're not dedicating a ton, of, or maybe maybe that's a too much time kind of thing. You also have your Trey Sermons, who you trade up for, and he's been on three different NFL rosters in two years, despite being traded up for and drafted by the running back lovers of the San Francisco 49ers. So uh, yeah, I I wouldn't trade up for a running back, but nah, now definitely we're, getting, now we're getting in the weeds. Um, yeah. We do not have time to talk about TJ Hawkinson. Just going to be blatantly obvious to you. We wanted to touch on the, the the tight end quarterback. We have just eaten time, not on trivia for once. But yeah, hey, trivia didn't time. take so long. You want to kill forty minutes on headlines? Yeah, me yeah, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we're gonna just kill. We're gonna kill the extra time we thought we were gonna have and cover a bunch of extra headlines. We get killed it on the other two topics. So. Um, hopefully, we'll get to talk about TJ Hawkinson next week. Uh, we are not giving you any bets. Um, we'll give you bets next week. 
But we're gonna jump into our NFL rewards here or awards rewards. Jeez, I am I'm all I'm just dick sporting goods out right now. Yeah, I'm just, yeah, we- <laughs> I am just man. My brain just cannot escape it at the moment here. We're so in the zone, in the zone, in the zone over here. So we're gonna take a quick break. We will be right back with our NFL reward awards. Golly, I keep doing it. <laughs> Dang, we'll be back. All right, ready to get after some award predictions here? Because I'm ready. Sorry, I'm ready. Sorry, I was adjusting my fan there, um, and I turned it up, and it was way too fucking loud. And I was like, that <laughs> is not going to work there. Yeah. Um, People already got a squeaky chair, all right? We don't need a fan introduced. Yeah. Well, I think the problem with us, too, is you have a squeaky chair, and then my chair has got like a little bit of a squeak to it, too, so it's yeah. just... We're a mess. We're falling apart here. All right. Let's jump into our award predictions. Oh, I tried so hard on that one to focus to make sure I nailed it. You got it. Who you got winning MVP next year? Uh, I got Lamar Jackson winning MVP, and I know bias pick, and I'm not going to sit here and try to deny that there's not any bias behind it at all. Uh, when I sit down and I look at it, Patrick Mahomes is the easy answer, right? The cherry pick answer. I think there's obviously a lot of guys that are going to be close to this award. I don't think it's a slam dunk for anybody but Patty, honestly. Um, but I think the stars are aligning in Baltimore. I really do. Like um, the 2019 season was really, you know, like kind of popped out of nowhere um, with just the, the way that the scheme worked. This feels like the scheme kind of put us onto the map and all of a sudden we were fantastic. It feels like we've got a new scheme in now. I think Monken, I was watching, of course I got stuck up front at work today and they had all three of the college football playoff games from last year. So I got to watch two games of Todd Monken, Georgian offense. And I'll tell you what, like with the receivers and the guys that they've brought in around Lamar Jackson, the offensive line is still very stable. The rushing attack has multiple heads and should still be just about as good just off talent without the scheme, I, it just makes sense to me. Like, as And it's hard to take your bias out of it for me because when you're sitting here like, who's going to win MVP? I just said there's so many guys that you could sit here and be like, that guy's going to win MVP. And I'm like, I could agree with you there, right? Joey B, Josh Allen, Patty, Lamar, your guy. Like there's Jalen Hurts. I could go on and on and on and on. And that's just the quarterbacks, right? So if you're asking me to sit here and put my money on a guy, I'm going to sit here and put money on my guy. And I do think that, that there is a case for, you know, he's won it before. And the it just feels it feels right to me. And, of course, yeah. I want it to feel right. Because if he's an MVP, I'm sure we do pretty damn good for the year. So, but. Lamar is in the, just to kind of give everyone some, some betting odds here, Lamar is in the second tier of guys. He's plus 1,600. Um, like I would, I would take that, you know. Yeah, a, so it's pretty, pretty good payout there. Yeah. Um, there's, there's kind of a, a single, like a top tier, and then there's kind of like a second tier. Um, but my pick here is Trevor Lawrence. Um, wow. 
like that. I think he's just going to have a breakout year. I think that we talked about it earlier, right, with with Jacksonville. I think the the division is going to be easy. I think he already took a step up with Doug Peterson. I think a second year inside of Doug Peterson's offense, right? I think that's one of the more underrated things. We talk about it a lot like, hey, you get a new head coach, we expect you to play a little bit better. Now he's got a whole year of that system under his belt. What is he going to be able to unlock with that, right? We're yeah. like, I think back to Carson Wentz's second year with Doug Peterson, right? That's really when we saw Carson Wentz kind of take that leap. Um, I'm, I'm expecting a very similar leap to Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence, same same category as Lamar Jackson, plus 1,600 right now. So um, we both are going with long shot guys. So I, I like that when that happens. So I, Yeah, I like your pick too. Like, I mean, it lines up with what we predicted for the season. I'm never going to be mad about some extra continuity in there, you know. Who who you got for offensive player of the year? Offensive player of the year again. This league is so overloaded with talent, and I uh, I'm not going to change my answer because I think the guy that I would change to is the low hanging fruit. I have Tyree Kill down here. Um, I think he had a phenomenal year last year. He's probably the second best receiver in football last year behind Justin Jefferson. Um, the speed is just unmatched and. The reason why he's here and why he's in this conversation, why he is in that conversation to be one of the best is that he's a a 4-3 guy who doesn't just run a 4-3. He's a fantastic route runner. He makes plays with the ball in his hands. You could get it to him three yards behind the line of scrimmage, three yards in front of it, 60 yards down the field. A play is going to be made on all three, right? We're going to see that on a highlight tape somewhere along the way for somebody and that's just what Tyreek Hill does, you know. That's what I got. You know, I like it. I think that's a that's a good one there. Um, I'm gonna go. My pick is Chris Olave. Um, Sneaky pick here. Yeah, again, another guy that long I'm shot sure, of a century. Yeah, not a lot of people are gonna like it, but I just think he's done so well with no quarterback, right? Yeah. Um, like with, with below average quarterback play. And I think Derek Carr is one of those guys that he's going to be able to feed him. And I think you're going to see him take kind of this big leap this year where he's been pretty good or good. Kind of like we talked about with Jalen Waddle, right? Good. Just not, you know, hasn't fully seen that potential. I think Chris Olave has got a great opportunity this year to really jump up into that next category of guys. And I think people won't see it coming. Yeah. Um, Especially like I like Jamar Chase for this award too. I don't think it's crazy that he would he would kind of be the guy that I would have as my second pick. But I, I like the I like the thought of Chris Olave kind of stepping it up and, and jumping into that category. Yeah. So I think I think just to to tell I think Justin Jefferson is the guy here from the like that's the guy I was gonna change to, but again, feels like Patrick Mahomes, you know, they're like predict the award if the guy who doesn't have a sixty percent chance to win it you know, wins it. And that's where we're going. Uh, Jay Jettas probably will. I think the only way that Justin Jefferson doesn't walk home with this award this year, two things, one, he gets hurt and he's just not eligible for it. Or two, it's because he goes for 2000 yards and somehow wins the MVP award. Um, or like, you know, obviously like a drastic fall off or anything, but if Justin Jefferson plays the level he has the last two years, I don't see like, it's going to be a ridiculous year from either of these two guys or, from Jamar Chase to try to dethrone him from this spot. 
Yeah. The, the thing I'll say, like the part of the reason why I asked you that trivia question, right? Um, what was I, what was I thinking there? Um, the, the two offensive players to use. Yeah. Yeah. It was because, because Marshall Falk was the last person to repeat, right? It's very, very difficult to keep the interest of the voters there. And I think, I think he's going to struggle with it. I really do. So, um, I hope he doesn't, but I just think it's, it's just a reality of the situation, right? I think it's going to yeah. be, it's going to be tough to do. Yeah. I, I don't think, yeah, that's a really good point at the same time. I didn't think about that. Yeah. Like that was part of the reason I phrased that. Cause I was thinking about this. Right. And I was like, man, who do I think? Like who, who, who do I think? I was like, man, Justin Jefferson kept coming to my head, right? Like he's going to have a lot of hype, a lot of hype, but it's a really difficult thing to try to do. That's the only reason I, uh, I didn't want to go with a guy like him, but let's, uh, let's keep cruising here. Who you got for your defensive player of the year? Defensive player of the year pick. I went Nick Bosa. Um, originally I deleted him cause I'm like, oh, he's in a contract holdout. We'll see if he plays. If this guy's on the field. He is, man, it's, I don't know if they're, and again, I'm going to sit here and say like 19 connecting words and never get my point out. There are so many good edge rushers in this league today that I think it is so easy to just disregard some guys. Because where the car is like, oh, it's Miles Garrett, TJ Watt, who's the best edge rusher? I'm like, I think that is asinine to just like outrule the guy that I have here and the guy that you have here, to be honest with you. Um, Nick Bosa is a freak of nature. There is there might not be, you know, a better athlete at the position outside of Miles Garrett than Nick Bosa. Um Plays in a great defense to where, like, I think playing in that great defense helps him because you can't sit there and focus him because you will get torn to shreds. You want to double-team Nick Bosa all the game? Cool. You're going to get eaten alive elsewhere. So you have to live in some of your plays being one-on-one matchups. And guess what Nick Bosa does in a one-on-one? He's going to eat your lunch unless you're a pro bowler. So I got David Bakhtiari standing across from me. There's not a lot of guys that I feel confident in as a quarterback going up against Nick Bosa in a one-on-one situation. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's not, not much else to say there. You know, he's just a freak of nature. Yeah. I, I like Nick Bosa. The injuries scare me a lot. Um, I thought Micah Parsons probably should have won it last year. That's the only reason I'm going with him this year. Um, he, he is just a monster man. Um, and I think the Cowboys defense only got better. And that's the real reason that I like Parsons to kind of really seal the deal and just come out and win it this year. Um, and I think there's going to be a lot more pressure on him, a lot more eyes on him, but I think he's such a special player that I don't even, I think even if you know, he's coming, I still don't think you can stop him. Yeah. That's how truly good. I think he is. And, uh, I think he's that special that he's going to be one of these guys that we talk about in the JJ Watt kind of breath coming down the road here. So um, I'm going to, I'm going to take you one further. And as far as raw athleticism goes, like, and again, it's very difficult to like excel, you know, truly excel at a lot of spots. But like, he is one of the guys. Like, I feel like he is what Isaiah Simmons should have been. Now, I don't feel super confident throwing Mike Parsons back at safety, but like, I think you could turn him into the middle of the field roamer. I think he's smart enough and has definitely has the athletics to get sideline to sideline. Like he could play just about every spot on that defense. Athletically, I think he probably could all but nose tackle. You know, he's just not big enough, obviously, to eat up double teams like that all day. But like, yeah, 
in a one-on-one, like, I'm like, hey, man, Micah got switched on to Travis Kelsey for a possession. Is he going to get cooked? Yeah, maybe. But it's not going to be for a ton of yards after the catch because he's going to chase him down pretty quick. He is a – he's probably the freakiest athlete in the in the league. He's an insanity. Yeah, that's true. Um, he's yeah, just he, – he is, He's just a freak. That's, that's yeah. There's no other way to say it. Like, there's it's just, just certain, crazy. Yeah, like we sit here and we're like, that guy's a freak. That guy's a freak. And then there's just the, the 1 in 10, 1 in 15, 1 in 100 guys where you're like, hey, man, I just call these 99 guys freaks. This is the freak of freaks right here. Like this guy's a an animal. Like I don't know how this guy went 11. Like it's nuts. Yeah, like he's just he's going to be a monster. I, yeah. I just don't don't see I, I, yeah, that's the other thing. How did the how did we miss on Mike Parsons? Like where Tr- Trayvon Walker, Aiden Hutchinson, like Edrush, Edrush. It's so so the last 2 years. I feel like that's all we've talked about. And I get he was in a quarterback heavy class. But man, for a league that loves athletic edge rushers, for that guy to not go as the first player off that wasn't a quarterback is insanity. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the hard part is, is he was one of those tweener guys. Oh, is he going to play edge? Is he going to play linebacker? That's fair. You know? yeah, that's like fair. those tweener guys always fall because everyone's like, ah, I'm not, nah, you know, is he going to be great at any one thing? And yeah. boy, is he proven everyone wrong there. And I, and um, I think, and to doubt that's the last point that I'll make before we can move on to yeah. Dallas's credit. And I think it's because they're like, Hey man, you're an edge rusher. We're going to make you an edge rusher, and then you know we'll worry about things otherwise. Whereas I think where Arizona fumbled with Isaiah Simmons was like, all right, well you're really good at everything, so we're going to have you do everything. And now you're like, okay, he's good at everything, but he's not great at anything. Whereas Dallas is like, hey, you're kind of a tweener. We're not. We might get there, but right now you're an edge rusher, right? Where we'll deal with the other stuff as it comes, and it's worked well for them so far. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, Let's jump into offensive rookie of the year. Who who you got? I've got Jameer Gibbs here. Um, kind of feels a lot like your Trevor Lawrence pick. We're seeing a big spike from a team, a jump into the playoffs, a team that is doing better than they are last year. There's got to be a catalyst to it, and I think Gibbs and his versatility is what's really going to do it. Like, I mean, this guy should have north of 500 receiving and rushing yards this year. Um Pretty, pretty handily, obviously, rushing-wise. Like, I think he's going to be a great dual threat. You know, there's been a lot of news stories about him running routes as, like, a true ride receiver at practice while also working on running back stuff. So, like, it makes sense to me on, you know, a team that's going to be heavy in the storylines, a team that is winning, a team that's going to be making the playoffs and be a big story because they haven't made it a lot recently. It just – the the stories kind of add up there for me for Jameer Gibbs on top of him having a great year, obviously. Yeah, I'm. I'm. Uh, it's interesting you went Jameer Gibbs. I just think it's going to be really, really, really hard for a running back to win this award, especially with three rookie quarterbacks who all three of them are going to start week one. Week one. Um, yeah. That to me, like I know there's a lot of love for Bijan, and I love I I love Bijan. Right? Obviously, I had the Falcons winning that division. Um, I just don't know what level of special you're going to have to be to be a positional player to win a, an award like that going forward. I, re, I really don't. You know what I mean? I, I don't know when the next time we'll see a positional player wearing MVP or offensive rookie of the year. It might be. I mean, offensive rookie of the year, there's a little bit of room. You know, you run into a bad quarterback class here or there. Uh, that could happen for sure. But, man, am I am I not sure on, 
on a guy like Jameer Gibbs coming out and winning. Um, and I, and I respect that you went Jameer Gibbs over Bijan. Um, yeah. And I think I was sitting there thinking, I'm like, okay, if I'm picking Gibbs, why am I not picking Bijan? And I think I've been a stark critic of Arthur Smith, but at the same time, I, while being a critic of Arthur Smith, he unlocked a 31 year old Cordell Patterson. What can't like, what can he not do with Bijan Robinson at that point? So I don't think that's a terrible pick either. When you're talking about how special do you have to be, as much as I don't like Arthur Smith, he knows how to deal with his running backs. Bijan Robinson may be a problem for this award. Yeah, no, I think I think Bijan might be the guy who pushes it. But my guy is uh, Bryce Young. He's been my guy all along, um, and that 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 surprised a lot of people um, in Dynasty this year. I had, <coughs> excuse me, my choice of uh, quarterbacks in Dynasty football. And I kind of told everyone openly, like, oh, which two are you going to take? You know, who are you going to take? I ended up trading one of the picks away. Um, but I said, whoever the Panthers draft, I'm going to tank, right? Frank Wright is my guy. I think he's going to have success with whoever that guy is. Um, I'm going to put my money where my mouth is. And I think a guy like Bryce Young with Frank Wright inside that Carolina offense, I think he's going to have enough to win offensive rookie of the year. Um, I think the team struggles, but I think Bryce Young will play good enough at the end of the year to kind of get everybody's attention. So he's he's my guy to keep your eye on. Um, who you got winning defensive rookie of the year here? Defensive rookie of the year, I uh, went with the low-hanging fruit here. I went with Will Anderson Jr. Um, I think when I look at him, I think, again, like how you're talking about quarterbacks, offensive rookie of the year, this is how I feel about this award. I just feel edge rushers are the quarterbacks of this award. Um, I think sacks – are the prettiest stat. And I think for us, it's real easy to sit here and be like this corner one, right? Like sauce Gardner has been fantastic. Pat Sertain is awesome. We could do that when you're sitting down and you're asking box, you know, box score monsters, stat sheet guys, corners don't stick up because if you're a good corner, you're not showing up there, right? Because you're not getting thrown at firstly. And if you are getting thrown at, you, you know, nobody's catching much stuff. There's not going to be a lot of stuff that's truly like on your stat sheet. Uh, edge rushers, I feel the other way about. Um, you know, Tyree Wilson was an interesting pick here, but it's the Raiders. And it just, I'm like, man, I don't trust I Raiders. Don't. I don't and trust I don't Raiders. Them either. I don't trust Raiders draft picks. I don't trust athletic freaks drafted by the Raiders. And I don't trust the Raiders. So, <laughs> Will Anderson Jr., he's in a defensive head coach's scheme, right? D'Amico Ryans. Obviously, he's a middle linebacker versus outside, but I think there's going to be some heavy tutelage there. And I think that, you know, Will Anderson is going to be a big key if the Texans want to try to do something in that division, which if C.J. Stroud plays well, they have a chance at, you know, that division's not, well, that's a lie, for second in the division. Um, if they want a shot at second in the division, right, and beating the Colts, beating the Titans, Will Anderson and that defense has got to be a big part of it. Yeah, I I like Will Anderson. I just don't know how often people are going to be passing against the Texans, if I'm just being honest. Like, you know, it might be a late game situation. I think uh, I think there might be a lot of kneeling going on against the Texans, if you know what I'm saying here, um, is, is my only worry with a guy like Will Anderson. And that sounds crazy, but that's like the best opportunity for them to go out and get sacks. Um, but... I don't know. I just, I think him and D'Amico Ryan's defense, I think that's a really, I think it's an interesting pick. Um, I was torn between two guys and none of them were edge rushers, believe it or not. Um, I ended up going with Devon Weatherspoon. Um, I, I almost went Christian Gonzalez. Um, here's my thinking here. You think of great defensive minds in the NFL 
that we know, right? We're going to say Pete Carroll and we're going to say Bill Belichick, right? Those are, those are locks, right? Um, who are the guys that are going to be able to come out and, and really contribute right away and, and make a difference. And I think both of these guys are it. My hot prediction is, is Devon Weatherspoon is going to force a big fumble in a game. And it's going to be like a highlight play that blows up on Twitter. Like, yeah, Twitter and TikTok and everywhere like that. And it's going to push him to defensive rookie of the year. That's, that's uh that's my prediction there. Well, I dig it. I dig that we have like reasons. Like that's the thing. Like I'm sitting here like, Devon Weatherspoon. I'm like, all right, well, bring it. Like I, I like that. I like the the reasoning there. Yeah, he's going to be corner two, so he's going to get like the weaker matchups. I think for Seattle, and I think he he's going to go out and make just make some plays that people are going to go, damn, like it's going to be pretty nuts. Um, all right, let's jump into our last award of the night. Who do you who do you got winning coach of the year? My coach of the year, I have Dan Campbell of the Detroit Lions. Um, I think it might be a little difficult for Dan because obviously the expectations are higher. Um, usually this is like an expectations versus reality award. So when you're like, this guy's supposed to win a lot of games and then they win a lot, it's, you know, it's like you'd have to expect them to like the coach of the years of the past have been the guys that have three win teams that can get them to eight or nine and make the playoffs. Um, it's what we saw last year, right? Uh, that's key example. Brian Dable, Giants, terrible. Daniel Jones, terrible. Don't want his fifth-year option. Oh, my God, why are we in the playoffs right now? Why Why did we win 10 games? You're like, because the guy that's got the headset on the sideline, that's why. Um, so I'm thinking Dan Campbell here. The offense was great last year, right? Ben Johnson probably going to win assistant coach of the year this year if the offense can keep it up. The defense, they've drafted well. They've hit on a couple linebackers, right? Aiden Hodgson's that guy. They just have some pieces. You bring in CJ Gardner Johnson. Like the defense is lined up for him to be able to scheme well. He has a great OC and a great offense. They should win a lot of games. And it just feels again like I love my my main focus here is like trying to have some continuity amongst all these picks. I don't want to be like have a team going four and set, you know, four and twelve and like, but their quarterback was MVP. It just doesn't add up, right? Dan Campbell have him win in the division. Making a big step, making the playoffs for the first time in God knows how many years. You know, obviously since Stafford's been there, Dan Campbell's my coach of the year. Yeah, I don't hate Dan Campbell. Here, here's I think I said this last year. Um, I think you just have my pick, but just the better pick of yeah. my reason. You like you took my reasoning and was like, I have a better pick than your pick. <laughs> yeah, it, it's I think I think coach of the year comes down to what were expectations and did you like overachieve on those. Right. And I think there's a ton of hype around the lions right now. I think the lions might be one of the most hype teams in the NFL. Um, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, like they're up there with the jets, right? No, you're not wrong. I, I think the bar is high for the lions. That's the only reason I think Campbell's going to be hard, but you know, if he goes out and wins 13 games, he'll definitely get it right. Like there's no yeah. doubt about that, but Again, I'm, I'm kind of trying to stay consistent with my picks here. I've Doug Peterson winning coach of the year. Um, I think more people will be shocked when the Jaguars win 13 games than if like if the Lions win 13 and the Jags win 13, I think Doug Peterson will get it. I just don't know if everyone is all in on the Jags. I, I feel like I do this a lot where I get really caught up in a team. Um, and I think this year for me, I mean, I was on the Jags last year, right? And Typically when I'm on a team a little early, right. And they go to the playoffs and they lose, 
I normally override them, you know, coming into the next season and it's, and it's the Jags again, right? Like it was the Eagles last year. I was on the Eagles three years ago or two years ago. And then I was on the Eagles again last year. And I predicted that the Jags would make the playoffs last year. I I'm, I'm on them this year to be a really, really, really good team. Take that next step. Um, and I think my early team, I think is the Falcons this year, but, um, I think Doug Peterson's got a really good chance. I think that I just think that division is so bad, right? I think if Trevor Lawrence goes and wins MVP, I don't know how Doug Peterson doesn't win coach of the year or if they go out and win 13 games. So um, I think it's, I think it's interesting at the end of the day. I really do. But uh, coach of the year, I don't know why coach of the year to me is more interesting um, because sometimes I think it goes to the wrong person more frequently is what I'm going to say. Um, God, who's the Browns coach? Why can't I think of his name? I can oh, picture Kevin Stefanski. Yes, Stefanski winning that a couple of years ago was wild to me. I no, was I like, agree with you. like, like that to me made no sense. Um, and so people sit there and they're like, "Oh, he won Coach of the Year." I'm like, I don't know if he deserved that award. I really don't think he did. Um, so to me, it's it's pretty wild that he got it here. But all right, that uh, that'll wrap up kind of our awards uh predictions for the year um we're gonna take another quick break here um you know lets us get some water reset a little bit we're gonna run through i only wrote down super bowl but we are gonna run through the nfc championship game then the afc championship game and then talk about our super bowl matchups um yeah we'll we'll see you guys when we're back we'll we'll be right back You wanna you wanna talk about your NFC Championship game first? Who who you got there? Yeah, I got a get a real boring one here for you folks. I got a rematch of last year. Uh, I've got Niners Eagles here in my NFC title game. Um, I mean, I think as much as you're like, oh, it's a boring pick. Pick somebody who's you know that we don't think is going to get there. At the end of the day, these are the two best teams in the NFC. I mean, like, I don't think there's really much questioning in that. Um, I don't think there's really a third team that even comes close to where these two teams are at. So uh, I think the only way that this doesn't happen, and obviously crazy things happen, there's no guarantees. The The only way that this matchup doesn't happen is if somehow one of these teams ends up as, you know, the odd number seed as a three seed, and they have to match up in the divisional round the week before. Yeah. Um, I think there is – like a a less than 5% chance that these teams, one of these teams doesn't send the other home on the way to the Super Bowl or in the playoffs somewhere, right? Um, so uh, are we going, you want my winner here too? You want the, you want it all? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Give, give, give them who, who's winning the NFC. Yeah, I've got uh, the San Francisco 49ers winning the NFC this, this year. Um, I really would have loved to see how that NFC title game would have shaken out had they not been down to Brock Purdy with his left arm by the, you know, the third quarter. 
Yeah. I think we kind of got robbed of that game. I think it would have been a great, like really like one of those playoff games for the ages that we see from Cincy and KC or Buffalo and KC, and we just got robbed of it because of injuries. Um, so I'm excited to hopefully see it again, but I have San Fran getting back to the Super Bowl. Purdy gets him there in year two, which is just a, a crazy sentence to say, but here we are. Yeah. So Purdy, maybe, Dar- maybe Darnold gets him there. Yeah, it could be Darnold. I'm telling you, don't, don't sleep on Darnold. If wouldn't, that be, in- wouldn't that be nuts? You know, Sam Darnold turns around and just Carson Wentz's the Eagles and wins himself a Super Bowl MVP. Not that he has a tie to the Eagles, but just like how Foles came up and, and was that miracle guy and got Philly there. And now if Purdy goes down and Darnold comes up and just sends the Eagles packing by the same notion. I didn't, I didn't want to get into it. You're going to make me get into it anyways. That's fine. <laughs> I think the biggest mistake the Carolina Panthers ever made was firing Matt Rule and firing Joe Brady. If pre-Sam Darnold getting hurt that season, I wanted to know what it looks like. And I might be the biggest Joe Brady believer like in existence. Like I don't know if anyone else is standing on a soapbox for this guy. I think he's a great offensive coordinator. But <clears throat> running that back one more year is absolutely what I would have done. I would have been so curious to see how that played out. I think Sam Darnold's so good. I, I just I know it's like insanity, but when he has good coaching, he plays good. He's going to have good coaching in San Francisco. I hope he gets a chance to play. I obviously don't hope Brock Birdie gets hurt, but besides the point. But you set me nice, set me up. Oh, excuse me, set me up very nicely for for the situation you were talking about. I have the Eagles and 49ers actually playing each other in the divisional round. Um, so my NFC Championship game. That being said, is going to be the Eagles and the Seahawks, okay? Um, And here's my thinking here. I have the Seahawks coming out on top. Um, The Seahawks got better in so many ways. They add a great wide receiver. They add another cornerback, right? I think they've added the pieces to kind of take them to that next step. I don't think Geno is going to have to be great. I think he's going to have to be good. And the reason I have the Seahawks winning is because I think the Eagles are going to be so excited that they beat the 49ers again. It's going to be an emotional battle. It's going to be a close game. It honestly will probably be the game of the NFC playoffs. I think it really will in the divisional round. I think the Eagles aren't going to have enough steam to kind of carry that over. And I think this, the Seahawks sneak one on them. I think Pete Carroll's been in the situation. He's going to scheme up a great defense, find a way to contain a guy like Jalen Hurts. And I think it's going to be a struggle for the Eagles to come out on top. So I have the Seattle Seahawks representing the NFC this year. So people, people want spicy. I'm going to give them spicy. That is for dang sure. Yeah, there is there. I don't think there's much of a spicy pick you could have gave there. So um, I think, I think the NFC, I'm going to say this. I know people talk about the AFC being open and it is right. There's a lot of really good teams, I think there's some opportunity in the NFC just because of how top heavy it is and how much of a battle it's going to be for the Eagles to come out of the NFC West, how much of a battle it's going to be for the 49ers to come out of that. I think home field, I think home field is going to manage matter so much in that, in the NFC playoffs. Yeah, I'd agree with you. Yeah, tell the people who you got in the AFC Championship game. Well, I'll tell you what, I'm glad you're bringing spice because I'm bringing a whole lot of bland. I got another rematch for you, folks. Uh, I've got the the one-seed Kansas City Chiefs going up against the three-seed Cincinnati Bengals in my AFC title game. Um, Man, I really – 
like you know, and I'm talking about continuity and the 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 stars aligning in the special year that I think Baltimore is going to go on. You have no idea how badly I wanted to sit here and do it, and you know, put Baltimore all the way up at the top, winning or at least playing in the Super Bowl. But I did it last year, so it felt wrong, um, which landed me back here at a rematch from last year. Um, I don't think I need to spend much time on either of my matchups, just because again we're seeing. But we, we just watched it. We watched it less than like eight months ago of what all four of these teams are capable of and what they're going to bring to the table this year. Kansas City, I think, got better. Chris Jones is obviously a very large question mark for them right now. They've got to get that figured out because he is a massive, massive part of that defense, um, especially come playoff time. Like He was the second-best defensive tackle in football last year, and then those five games in the playoffs, man, four games, but whatever it was, Man, not only was he, you know, like, I mean, he was on another planet. Like, when you sit back and you're watching this Chiefs defense is struggling against Joe Burrow in that game, there was one guy that started to wreck it towards the end. Chris Jones was – you could have triple teamed him. I don't think it would have mattered down the stretch. So they got to get that figured out. But in this rematch, obviously I have Casey and Arrowhead being the one seed at 14-3. and I have them edging out the Bengals in this game. Um, I'm, you know, and I don't think I'll ever really be sick of it truly until like Baltimore falls short to Kansas city multiple years in a row. I don't think I'll ever really get sick of sitting here and just like appreciating the greatness that is what the chiefs are doing and what Patrick Mahomes can do on a football field. But for those more casual fans that can't really just enjoy the game, they like their team. If you thought Thomas Edward Brady was bad, I just want you to just buckle your seatbelt because I don't think we're going to go. I don't think the apple fell far from the tree. If anything, I think it smacked right back down and planted a bigger tree right at the root. Um, The Chiefs are going to be in this spot for a while, you know, or a game out of this spot for a while. Um, And I've got them making the Super Bowl again. So, yeah, I've got, I've got a spicier AFC championship game. Um, I do also have the one and the three seed playing each other. I've got the Jags and the Bengals playing each other. Uh, The Jags are my one seed. Um, And then I do have Cincinnati moving on to the Super Bowl. So um, it just feels like the year that they're going to get back. Uh, Joe Burrow doesn't have his contract yet. And there's something deep down telling me he might not sign it uh, this regular season. I think he might bet on himself a little bit. He might play his way to the Super Bowl and make Cincinnati pay him the bag. Um, Whenever he does get paid, I think he resets the market and becomes the highest paid player out there. But I think he might wait and go, you know, I can make a Super Bowl this year. Really, really make a big run. Excuse me. And uh, and put myself over the top. So and I just think the Jags are an experience, right? One playoff win last year. I think them having home field advantage throughout the playoffs is going to matter. I just don't know. If it's going to be enough to Cincinnati plays good, good on the road. They really do. They're, they're a killer when it comes to that. So I, uh, I think, uh, I think they're going to come out on top there. So that being said, let's jump in. Who is, uh, who's your inevitable Super Bowl champion? So obviously I have a rematch from a couple years back where I think Super Bowl 50, maybe, not 50, whatever. I'm not going to try to put a number on it. Um, the Niners and the Chiefs is my matchup here. Um, Older than 50, I think 49. Yeah, 49. Um, again, 
doesn't feel obviously the teams are different, right? There's a new quarterback at the helm of the Niners. The Chiefs' weapons are completely retooled from that Super Bowl that they had a while back. No Tyree Kill and all these things, but I think they're a bit more balanced, right? Kadarius Tony, Justin Ross is going to be a part of this offense. They're going to have to spread the ball. They have Isaiah Pacheco now in the run game, which I think is the biggest thing. I mean, if you want to talk about an X factor. A reliable running game for this Chiefs offense is the X factor, and I think that's where they separate from the Bills especially is that they've got their seventh-round pick that panned out, right? James Cook, we're still like, meh, you know, we're Devin Singletary, all these things. Isaiah Pacheco's here. He has given them a reliable run game. They still have Jet McKinnon and a couple of these guys. But I have Kansas City claiming another Super Bowl victory this year. You could call me boring. You could say whatever you want to. At the end of the day, my chair's squeaking, and number fifteen in red is the best quarterback <laughs> in the game. So uh, it, it's you know it's just more of the same. And I know it's annoying for all non-Chiefs fans out there, and for the people that don't just have the love for the game to sit back and just appreciate what we're watching. But I mean, the guy's the best QB in the game. He has one, arguably, one of the best coaches in the game. It's hard to to bet against him. You know, like KC is just one of those teams that I struggle with when we do these because. It's all it's a game by game thing, right? Well, I'm sitting here, I gotta pick him over Cincy, I gotta pick him over San Fran. When you get all the way down here, it's very difficult for me to sit here and look at that logo and not highlight it and have them lose this game. Uh and and it just comes down to that level of confidence that like there was a Brady earned that level of respect where unless it was less than 30 seconds at a two-score game, it's not over, right? Like this the the lead is not safe unless it is nine plus points and there's less than a minute left, you know, with Brady under center. Yeah. And it, and it took like, it wasn't an immediate, at least not for me, right? Like down the stretch. And it was same Belichick and Brady together. Patrick Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes, Mahomes has earned that level of respect in a much shorter time frame. Um, where, where it's just hard to sit here and bet against Kansas city at this point, you know, when it comes down to that game-to-game basis, I find it very difficult, if not near impossible, to be like, yes, I am confident in someone else taking Patrick Mahomes off the top of the mountain. Yeah, I I will say this. The only reason the Chiefs scare me a little bit this year is there's no guy that I can go, yeah, I've seen you do that. You know what I mean? Um, and, And to kind of put context to it, right? Like you have Travis Kelsey, he's kind of the anchor, but what wide receiver can you sit there and go, yeah, I feel really good about him being a safety net for Patrick, right? Um, they were always able to take these gadget guys and work them in, but they never had to be a focal point. This year, Kadarius Tony might be wide receiver one for that team. Um, you know, Sky Moore is going to have to play like everyone thinks Sky Moore is going to play like... Um, there, I just don't know if the offensive firepower is there. Um, and I'm not saying Mahomes can't do it. I still think he'll be successful. The question is, is he Brady enough is what I'm going to say. You know, Brady was always able to take, you know, a ham sandwich and make a steak out of it. Is Patrick Mahomes that level of an elevator for his team? I, I just don't know, to be honest with you. I'm not saying he can't do it. I just, I haven't seen him yet. So I'm very curious, um, to kind of see what comes of this season and this playoffs for him. I I still think they're obviously a playoff team. I'm just more intrigued to see what he's, is he able to take that to the next level and elevate them in a postseason situation? Before you jump just to to tie a bow, because I do want to talk about that. 
I I see where you're coming from, and I think it's a perfectly a well. I feel like I have that confidence, you know, where like you're like I don't know if he's that elevator. It's not that he can't be, but you haven't seen it yet. You're talking about turning a ham sandwich into a into a steak, and I don't know if you're gonna see it on a player by player level because I think Brady it was very easy. Like Julian Edelman and Wes Welker are I won't say nothing without Brady, but they are. Nowhere near close. Without I don't know if I'd put I don't know if I'd put Welker in that category, but okay. Julian Edelman absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Like it, it is very easy to see his direct impact on guys' careers, and I don't think we'll see it at a career level, like down to the individual for Patrick. I do think he is that elevator as a team. Like I do yeah. think he can take the Chiefs ham sandwich and make it a steak. I don't know if he can bring in. Braxton Berrios and make him a Hall of Fame slot receiver like Brady's done, you know, two yeah. or three times. But I do think as a team level, I think he could do it. I'm I'm curious. I, I just, I, you know, I'm a guy I'm that a, I want to see it before I believe it when it I'm, comes to that kind of stuff, you know? That, yeah. I'd rather take the guy with Calvin Ridley, Evan Ingram, Travis Etienne, and uh, Tank Bigsby. You know, I'd rather take the guy with Zay Jones, Christian Kirk, you know, just a plethora of weapons. Those are the kind of guys that I'm more likely to believe in because even though I haven't seen that team play well, there's a lot of reasons why they should. Um, And the reason we should believe in the Chiefs, right, is we've seen them do it. I just, you know, with that rotation of weapons, I'm very curious to kind of see, see what it looks like. Now, if the Chiefs had one of the top receivers from this year, I think it's a different conversation. You know, if, if they go out and get a JSN or a Jahan Dotson, um, a Jordan Addison is a flowers, right? Somebody to make me go, okay, that guy's got true wide receiver one upside. I'd feel a lot better. I just, I don't know. I don't know if I buy Tony as a wide receiver one. I think he's a really good player. I just don't know if he's that level of a player. Yeah, I think, and I think talent wise, I think he's hundred percent there. I'm a huge Kadarius Tony guy, but again, he's just, it's a completely different play style. He's a weapon not a number one receiver. So that's where and I think they do have a number one receiver. I think he wears 87. I think he's the best tight end of the game. Oh, um, he is, but I just don't, is that enough? You know? Yeah. I, I definitely see the skepticism. And again, I think I've just, I, I have the faith. I have the belief. I truly think that what Patrick Mahomes does on a football field is, is otherworldly. Um, so I'm going to, I put the faith in him, you know, and I'm not, I'm not going to turn my nose up at you for saying you want to see it either. Cause it saves you from being wrong, and there's a good chance that I'm wrong at the end of the year, and I'm okay with that. Yeah. Joe Burrow has always felt slightly outgunned when he goes against Kansas City. This is the first year I don't think he will be. I think he has more weapons than Mahomes does this year, yeah. um, truly. So I think that puts a nice little bow on our NFL offseason. We will definitely be back next week to probably talking about um, a lot of headlines next week, kind of giving you – our bets, you know, we can get back into bets. So um, we might spend a little bit more time on trivia. We might spend, you know, we'll, we'll talk about TJ Hawkinson. Um, we'll talk about some interesting, you know, roster constructions going on around the league. Um, and anything else you guys want us to talk about, you know, hit, hit Owen up, hit me up. Lots of ways to get in touch with us, get in touch with him through Twitter. You can hit me up on our Instagram page. Um, we're always, always happy to answer any questions like that. Um, you got anything else for these people before we get them out of here? I think that's about it. That's all I got. Sorry. All right. 
if you if you made it this far, we greatly appreciate it. You know, an hour forty five is is not easy for anyone, but uh, we had more time than we thought. I guess I don't know why I thought we were going to take longer on some of that stuff, but I definitely planned on us taking longer. Hey Amen. I'm not going to complain about saving my time and especially some of the people's time at the end of the day. You know, we'll give them an hour forty five for the you know the three times that we go for two oh five. You know, exactly, so. exactly. That's going to do it for episode three. We'll see you guys next week for episode four. Until then, stay safe, stay healthy, and I'll try to get a non-squeaky chair for episode four. We'll see. Stay tuned. We'll see you then.